It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. This episode is also brought to you by fightingforphilly.com. You bleed Philadelphia, so wear Philadelphia. Use the promo code BGNR20 to take 20% off of your order. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. Check them out at Fighting for Philly. That's F-I-G-H-T-I-N-F-O-R Philly. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. I can't believe they actually did it, but we are live right here. BGN Radio. It's going to be episode number 160. Uh, I don't know how, uh, I, I tell you this, I'm pissed off. So this is going to come as very reactionary. Things are going to be probably going to be changing inside and outside, but for the time being, Maybe James Elser can calm me down, uh, you know, and we can figure this whole thing out together. James, uh, the Eagles have just traded uh, for up for the second round pick, and they've done uh, they've got a, quite a load of picks uh, to do so. So, what is uh, what is your first reaction uh, now that it's happened here? Uh, shitty, <laughs> um, John. John, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank them for making me look like an asshole in our podcast, which we recorded what like yesterday or two days yeah. ago, where. I- I said that I really did not think they would do this because it would be antithetical to the whole approach that they've taken so far this offseason. But fuck me, I was wrong. So, um, you know, my initial reaction is I think they gave up 
a lot. Uh, I think it's a giant risk. Carson Wentz, obviously a, a D2 guy, which, you know, you hear a lot of people shrug that off, but it, it's still something that matters. Uh, you know, he wasn't a guy who was really, you know, very high on the list coming into this college football season or really throughout most of it and, and is shot up the board. And, and that always worries me. I also worry about the fact that there's just a dearth of high end QBs in this draft, which, which also kind of artificially inflates his value. So, you know, and then you're giving up a boatload of picks. It makes it imperative that this guy is, is a beast. It makes it imperative that he hits because you're really putting a lot of your future on him. And the one other thing that really worries me about it is granted, you know, you could say, Oh, the Browns, what the hell do they know? I mean, I think Hugh Jackson has proven that he knows a lot about quarterbacks. And and if he was willing to trade out of that spot and say, you know, with only really RG3 and what Josh McCown on the depth chart, uh, if he was willing to trade out of that spot and, and what, you know, didn't want Wentz, I, you know, I know Doug Peterson knows quarterbacks too, but for me that that's a, that's a red, you know, a red warning sign really. And if I'm the Browns right now, and this is just let's let's just make it uh, you know let's put it re-emphasize what they're giving up here and what the Browns are getting. So obviously the eighth and the two that's a wash. The uh, eighth overall, second overall, they swap those. Then Cleveland gets a 2013 uh, third rounder and a fourth rounder on top of that. Then next year it's a first rounder, and then uh, two years after that in 2018 they pick up the second round. Uh, the Eagles pick back up a fourth round pick next year. So. Not really uh, limiting any type of uh, damage, I guess. In the again, they're gonna keep keep giving up second round picks for quarterbacks, James. It's gonna get nuts around here. Uh, the that, so that's that is a haul, I think. You know, and the argument that I keep seeing as we're reacting to this whole thing is, well, if he ends up being a franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter. And you know what? That's true. That's one hundred percent true. So I will say that. But I am not the Eagles, and I look at Carson Wentz and I see vanilla. And that's not a good thing, Howie. Vanilla and chocolate ice cream is fucking boring unless you put stuff in it. It's And the dogs are even getting upset. The dogs dogs are upset, Howie. So here we are again uh, trying to figure this thing out. And this is what I'm saying, though, guys. This is the, the Carson Wentz is not worth trading all these picks and then having him sit for a year. This is, this is start now draft pick hall. That's my issue. My issue is not an and the fact that why did you re-sign Sam Bradford? If you were going to go this direction and find a brand new shiny franchise quarterback or supposed franchise quarterback, why did you re-sign Sam Bradford? This that makes yeah, no sense. This makes no sense to me to, to give up this amount to have him sit for a year. That was disgusting. That was the most disgusting part about all of this. If you really want to roll with the rookie then he should be able to play right away. Mariota was, Winston was, Carr was, Bridgewater was. All those guys played. Bortles is the only guy that didn't, and that was for maybe half of a season. And if you're really telling me that you signed Sam Bradford for half of a season, we got problems here because that's that's what Chase Daniel is for. And now, like, this, this is a waste of a year, James. It's a waste of a year. Because you had Sam Bradford here to be, some, I guess, somewhat competitive. Look, I'm, and it's not about him. It's not about the debate. It's just, then just move on from him. If you were going to, st- if you were going to stay here and you were going to compete, then there's, there's no point in competing next year because Sam knows he's not going to be here next year, regardless of pretty much, I mean, he's just going to literally 
have to put up astronomical numbers, which, hey, guess what? He probably won't. So why not just go with the rookie at that point, James? This that's what that's what confuses the hell out of me about this whole thing here. Yeah, well, it shouldn't be that confusing, John. When when they hired Doug Peterson, when this whole thing went down, we said that they wanted to go back to that time. They wanted to relive the Andy Reid years, Andy Reid light, how he is Joe Banner. I mean, it's it's they are it's a carbon copy. And what they did then, what did they do? They brought Doug Peterson in and they set, you know, drafted with the second pick in the draft, their quote-unquote franchise guy who actually ended up being obviously a great quarterback for the Eagles, but in McNabb, obviously. But, I mean, you know, I think they're trying to recreate that and, and draft a guy and have him sit. I, I, and, and here, let's let's clear up a myth right here, and obviously we're not the only people to do it. Andrew Brandt tweeted this out uh, a little bit ago. I retweeted it. Um, but they're not trading Sam Bradford, guys. I know there's been like, now we can trade Bradford. They have an $11 million bonus that they have to pay Sam Bradford. The Eagles are on the hook for that. They cannot shift that on to somebody else. So Jeffrey Lurie's not going to pay Sam Bradford $11 million to not play for them, you know, unless they get some kind of out outrageous return which you know uh, let's be real they've, they've lost a lot of their leverage now haven't they in the sense that Absolutely. if they're going up to take a quarterback if they've got chase daniel on the roster and sam bradford on the roster you there is zero reason that that anyone would give them a haul for a guy like sam bradford because they know worst case scenario they sign him after this season and there's no real value other than maybe one year you would get out of it of bradford so you know i'm, I'm with you and then when you go back to the picks that we were just talking about i mean so they're not gonna have uh, uh, second round round pick this year, no first next year, and then another no second the year before. I mean, that's a that puts it makes it again to use the word imperative. It makes it imperative not only that Wentz hits, but also that you hit on your other picks that you have, your thirds, your fourths, whatever you have left after this haul. It makes it imperative that you hit on those too. It's just you're assuming such a large amount of risk for a guy who is, you know, as far as it goes, it seems like we, and again, you know, we don't, we're not out there, you know, to quote Doug Peterson, putting our hands on Carson Wentz, which is creepy. I wish he wouldn't say that. <laughs> but we're not out there putting our hands on Carson Wentz or Jared Goff or these guys. We don't really know. We can watch film. We can analyze. We can see them in their games. We can look at their measurables and 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 make, you know, educated guesses. But we don't know for sure. But when you look at it and just look at the history of, of guys who rocket up boards like this, the Kyle Bowlers, the Jamarcus Russells, and, and even those guys were, were D1 quarterbacks. You know, it's yes. Are there examples of D2 quarterbacks, the Romos of the world? Sure. Phil Sims. But I mean, the, the track record is really, really small. And you are, are a giving up a lot to do this and b putting a ton of pressure on this kid to be the savior of this franchise because he has to be based on what you've given up or else it's really a, a you know, a five-year kind of wrecking type of thing. If Wentz is a bust, you know, you're giving up assets. You're It's going to be really hard to rebuild this team on the fly and make any sort of real contender. So, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, and again, if, if like you said at the beginning, John, yes, no matter what, and I'm sure we'll hear lots of people say, well, if Wentz is a, is a stud, then it's all worth it, 100%. If, yeah. if if Wentz is a stud, it's it's a it's a great trade, but but the odds the odds really lean towards him not being a stud and and it being a giant giant risk reward scenario where the 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 heavy side of the weight is on the risk side, way too heavy than the the measured risks we've seen otherwise. Yeah, and I'm I, I guess this is and people keep trying to lump the 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 talent in there. I know, like and look, I I get it. Like you want this to be a good deal and that's fine 
<laughs> you know, like I think people are wanting this to be like, hey, yeah, Carson's, they, they're trying to constantly compare this thing to McNabb, and this is a completely different situation. The Eagles already had the second-round pick. They didn't have to give up anything, you know? Would they have done that for McNabb? I don't know. Uh, but it it's not a sense of, look, I would it, it is not just a uh, – a, a Zeke thing for me. I would have taken anybody. I was. I, I even tweeted. I was like, I'm shivering in hopes that maybe this was just for Tunsil. You know, like I, yeah, I, or I Ramsey, right? Or Ramsey, or whatever. I was like, hey, maybe they're just trying to jump San Diego from taking the best non QB available. You know, or whatever. But uh, and it's it's not. It is not. This is definitely for one of those guys. And look, it is. He is not Donovan McNabb. You know, he's not even. Fucking Marcus Mariota, which they sh- the, the Eagles seem to be a year off of what they're supposed to do. Like the Rams went from 15 to 1. 20 to 1 isn't that much different from that. If you're going to do this, why didn't you do this last year when there was two bona fide guys that you knew could start day one immediately? Immediately. I, I don't understand. Like what literally whatever it took to get those guys would have worked. Sorry, and now we're doing it with two jumps. It's the same scenarios. Last year, we heard all about that. I think the Eagles are going to do a double jump and try and go get to, to Marcus Mariota, and they didn't do it, but they did it this year for Carson fucking Wentz. And look, we can go back and listen to this two years from now and realize I'm a humongous big idiot, but I just, I, you know, Carson Wentz to me, when, I, when we first got into this process back in October, even though he was hurt and he was there, I still thought there was things to work with the same way you could work with a Brissett or, uh, you know, Lynch, things like that. And James is right here. This is a lot of QB hype. It's a lot of QB hype this year because it's it's such a weak class. And look, it's a weak class overall. We were saying this on the Fanatic forever ago. You are not going to find a guy that's going to be able to come here and compete. And now you have two guys that are on uh, the same level that have the same ceilings as coincidentally, Sam Bradford and Joe fucking Flacco. And you're telling me that you're going to waste all of these resources on guys that have those ceilings. Unless you want to trust Mike Mayock and there's other scouts out there that I agree, hey, they think it could be Andrew Luck. They think they're better than Winston and Mariota. I don't see that. I really don't. I see a a generic version of Blake Bortles. I see guys that could come in here and start and be no-namers. That could be top 15 QBs. I don't know if that's enough for a franchise quarterback. And they've really just kind of, I don't know, I'm just pissed. There's no other emotion than I'm just pissed because like James said and like we've been saying for the past couple of episodes here as well, you can also build a team if the QB class is is weak and take your chances elsewhere because it's the same. What people don't understand is it's the same fail rate. It's basically the same fail rate if they were all in the second round. If QBs were all taken in the second round, they'd be all the same. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They'd be 50-50 there. They got a 50-50 shot of this guy working out and on and on and on and so on. Well, I, I, I just don't – I don't – I can't wrap my head around why you would resign a guy for a one-year deal and <laughs> to be your starter, to be in a weak division, to have a pretty good defense, to probably maybe win the division – and now you, I mean, this is what I want to really come and circle back to. This year means nothing now if Sam Bradford is starting. Nothing. It, it, this, it doesn't matter 
what happens because I don't I don't know how you would be able to physically keep them both on the roster even if Bradford does really well. So basically, you're hoping now is that Bradford plays really well. They end up trading him for in an exorbitant amount or get that second round pick back and rebuild the franchise again for what seems like the third year in a row. Even though that we were told like, hey. We're just retooling, you know, and and I I don't see that at all, James. So I apologize for taking up all the mic time. No, John, you can always talk. Uh, I love hearing your voice, even when you're you're angry and and pissed <laughs> off. But no, John, and just to add, I mean, like you really have to look at it as like they're essentially giving up a first, a second, and a third to draft Carson Wentz. I mean, that's that's a lot when you look at the needs that this team has and the fact that sitting at eight, you could have gotten an impact player, especially if those two QBs go before then. You're, you're, you're getting someone who can really affect the team in another area. And, and to your point you just made about Bradford and the team this year and the season, I mean, how can you expect Bradford to play great when you have no fucking weapons? I mean, there's no one. I mean, is Zach Ertz the best weapon on that offense? I, I think he might be and that's that's bad and I like Hurts but I mean there's just no explosiveness no offensive firepower and now you're looking at what maybe a third round receiver if they can afford to use that pick on a receiver instead of getting a young offensive lineman in the in here for the first time in what since Lane fucking Johnson so uh, I'm with you man I, I just it's a really perplexing move like we said we I think everyone was really really happy with how the offseason had transpired, at least in terms of player acquisition and player moves and whatnot, obviously, I don't think everyone was all in on Doug Peterson from Jump Street or now still. But regardless of the coaching hire, I think from from what Howie has done on a a player, you know, develop or excuse me, player perspective in terms of the trades that he's made, the the value that he's gotten, everything up until now has been for the most part really good to solid to whatever. But then this move just comes in and really just – I feel like it torpedoes all the progress. Like it really – it just kind of – it really leaves you, you know, scratching your head and asking questions. And again, obviously, I mean, there's a very simple answer as far as the Eagles are concerned. As far as the Eagles are concerned, Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. And, you know, all we can do as fans, as, as you know, people who follow the team, people who talk about the team, whatever, is sit here and hope that they are right. Because if they're not, this is really has the potential to be a disastrous move. Like, like the, I, I, you know, I don't feel like there's hyperbole there. Like, this could be a disastrous move yeah. for the franchise if Wentz doesn't work out. Yeah, no, I that's that's exactly what it is. And you could and and in, in, even in James' point, uh, it could be it's either the greatest thing or the worst thing, right? I mean, that's 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 basically what we're going to be debating from now and until September or October or whenever we really see this kid. <laughs> You know, because the and make no doubt of it. I mean, like this is any any type of different weird rumors that you're going to hear. This is definitely for Carson Wentz, and the Eagles wouldn't be making this trade if they didn't know who the Rams were taking. I mean, one. Oh yeah, uh, I think how he made that very clear in that press conference. I mean, you say we have a good relationship with the St. Louis Rams. You're saying I know who they're taking, guys. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's a we we had long conversations with them. We know where they're going. We know who we're taking, and. It's exactly for the QB they want, which, it would, by all means, Doug Peterson's favorite guy has been Wentz, and he was a, a big lover of Nick Foles. And, man, oh, man, well, are we going to get sold a lot of different PR bread on QB gurus and how good this QB staff is and all of this other stuff. Uh, I would like to physically see that before we start anointing all this stuff. 
I think that, yes, with Filippo and with these guys that are in here, I don't know much about Frank Reich. I know that he's a backup quarterback. I don't know how great of a teacher that he's really going to be here. So, yes, uh, essentially, hopefully, those guys know the QB position well. So, you know, I I, I guess so. But John, so as I said before, so does Hugh Jackson. And he was willing to to trade out of this spot. And and Hugh is clearly very involved in what that front office is doing. They're leaning on him from a player perspective, you know, uh, perspective and – Perspective, perspective. That was that was a good job. <laughs> nice. um, so so that you know that worries me. And then John, it, what, I didn't even really think about this until until now, and it just kind of hit me. You know what this move means by basically it going now. Golf once. It means that the fucking Cowboys are going to get Jalen Ramsey, which is <laughs> yeah. a travesty. Yeah. Or or they could just again. They could just take Zeke there. I still think that's. Yeah, but I still think that's my pick. But uh, but no one thought Jalen Ramsey was still going to be on the board at four. I mean, no way. I mean, I know Byron Jones was a solid pick, but they've needed an impact standout corner for a long time. And you know, I mean, that's a guy who could be shutting Eagles receivers down for the next decade, and and that would really fucking suck. Yeah, that that would be that would be terrible. And and you go, you talk about Hugh, and look like they said, well, how can you take cues from the Browns here? Well. What's going to happen is they're going to take all of these picks because they need a ton of players, right? They're still going to be sitting there at eight, and they're going to draft Lynch. They're going to draft a quarterback there. Probably too high again, but in that scenario, (laughs) at least you have RG3 there as a a guy for a longer term. Uh, At least somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't even know if they do, man. I think they take the best player on the board. I I think Might be true, too. Maybe they just roll with RG3. Yeah, I think they know that they're not going to be good this year, and I think they're willing to – I mean, this is a – you know, we obviously don't know how these guys, Sashi Brown and Paul DePodesta and and all of them, are going to necessarily translate to to running an NFL franchise, but they're a bunch of smart guys, and I don't think that they are planning on coming in and being successful this year, and I think Hugh Jackson probably knows that as well. And uh, the smart long-term play, look, they have two first-round picks next year, including one that could be the top pick in the draft because they're going to suck. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think that's the route they take. I think they take the best player available at eight because there are some really, really good players who are going to be there. And then they're 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 the leading contender in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. It's exactly what I did not want to happen. Like this is the the why draw the line in the sand now? And you realize, too, that, well, a couple of different things. So, yeah, I mean, like I look at the Browns and be like, wow, that's a really I, I can't. Fault them. That's a really good move. Uh, second, with Benjamin Taylor in the chat room here on the Mixler.com app as we do our live show uh, whenever, actually, when these things type of happen. So make sure you're following us on there, too. You get all the email alerts and stuff. Uh, at least uh, they kept one of those thirds so they can trade it now for Jamal Charles, which, again, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's like 1,700 people on a poll out of like 3,000 that were totally in favor of that. But I agree with you, James, there, too. This is this. There's Again, there's two ways. There's two, and I'm I'm not against starting restarting your franchise by going to get a quarterback here. But no, just these don't have sign to be Sam Branford, and then yeah, well, and, and not make even it, make it and make it someone who's a real like num like a, a, a can't I can't miss is a silly thing to say, but make it a can't miss guy. Yes. Make it someone who's 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 coveted, coveted for. I mean, like Deshaun Watson, like this kid, like we've been talking about for two years now that he's going to be the first pick in that draft next year. And assuming he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be Andrew Luck. Same thing. Those are the guys you mortgage your future for. Yeah, and the, and it's and I know that there are there are differing opinions on him and on Dobbs and even I was on C.J. Bethard. No, I'm kidding. He's not going to be there. But there there's. Uh, 
even then, I would those regardless of if those aren't even luck guys, right? Or if those aren't Manning guys or Brady or Roethlisberger or Rogers or whatever. And this is the I think this is the debate that we always get stuck in. First of all, trying to find a, a top five guy is almost fucking impossible. Right. Okay. So I understand that part of it. The second thing is, though, I don't think Watson or Dobbs are in that category, but they're better than these two guys, <laughs> you know. And I think that they're around the same range as as your Mariotas and your Cars and Bridgewaters and everybody else that's kind of in there. I'm still confused. This is why I, I I'm not against shipping it all in for a quarterback because that is the most important position. That is what you need to nail here. It's just of my opinion, and I'm not hiding behind, well, if the Eagles think he's good, then I guess uh, I guess they have to do it. Fuck that. These guys aren't that. These guys aren't close to what's going to be in next year's draft. These guys, to me, aren't close to what was in last year's draft. John, so here we I are stuck again trying to find offensive linemen, which James has brought up and we've been bitching about for two years, and cornerback depth, and all of this other stuff here. And what they need to kind of generate and finally put these things together after you've gone through an offseason where you've sold us about core players, about Lane Johnson being here, your future left tackle, about sending Jason Peters off into the sun, about, you know, getting Brooks in here, about re-signing and signing all of these defensive free agents, about playing Fletcher Cox, about setting up this huge core where the defense can carry you and all you need is some offensive weapons and some things here. And then, you know what? Then it's probably a good idea to go in and get it. But not now. Not like when you need, when guys couldn't catch the ball last year. Is it, I mean, like, I, does a quarterback really help that? You know, does a quarterback... I, you know, that's what I, I I'm just I'm just going around in circles here, James, and I don't I don't know what to, I don't know what to feel other than pissed off. Like this, the process is just the process just it sounded great, and now this kind of ruined it. Like this was just kind of like eh, I'm with you, but now what are we doing? What is this? What are the Eagles doing here? And I think yeah, that's the, the question that we're going to keep uh, continuing to ask here. No, I know. That's what I, uh, yes, I, it's antithetical to what they've been doing. The the process, it seemed like they actually did have a plan after we had come out. And when the, when all the stuff went down, we said they don't have a plan. It seemed like they did. And now it looks like they don't. And, and something else that worries me and just kind of looking at the, the whole situation from a more macro kind of view is the fact that this is Peterson's first time being a head coach. This is his first time going into a draft and thinking about getting a franchise quarterback and, and having that kind of, you know, I'm going to develop this guy like, you know, you know, Donovan and this, the next great Eagles quarterback, like whatever. I, I mean, doesn't it worry you that that maybe he had a little bit of a twinkle in his eye for guys who, who maybe, you know, aren't quite at the level that he thought he he thinks they are simply because this is this is exciting, man. This is it's natural. It's only natural as a human being in your first situation, your first go around to maybe not necessarily know exactly what to look for in, in the QBs to draft. Or maybe you might miss something or maybe there's you know, you just get too overhyped because it's your first time through this process in this type of major role where you're dictating the future and. I don't know. It just really worries me. The whole thing worries me, especially just looking at Wentz. And, and like you said, even if it's, if you want to say it from a, 
forgetting the scouting perspective and looking at these guys and what they do just just on a on a basic resume level it's a giant risk to take on a guy who's a d2 quarterback hasn't faced the same type of competition hasn't played quarterback as long as others you know in in high school and whatnot like he it's just it's a really you know I, I, what was it he was injured his freshman year and played injured wide this receiver year too there. yeah yeah injured this year as well i mean it's just it's and i you know i know look he could be great it's just you know, if you look at if if you were a betting man, if you you know if you had to shell out cash, you would probably be smart to shell it out on on this whole thing not working out. James, can you stick around for five more minutes? You got to go, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I can go five minutes. That, okay, that's so probably the max, but I can do that. So this is the other thing I want to bring up, and then I'll have uh, I'll have some more thoughts once uh, which James has got a uh, big boy big boy job uh, to kind of uh, take <laughs> care of here. So he's got to go into the studio, but. Uh, what I wanted to, to definitely emphasize here is, without a doubt, and this is kind of the theme, and this is this is what I mean. I think this is how kind of how he can save his ass here. Uh, first of all, you you knew going in that Howie never really could put his stamp on. Yes, I drafted this quarterback. This is my guy. So that's the first time that he did it. Uh, secondly, though, you have to imagine that Jeff Lurie made a huge call on this, and so did Doug Peterson. And I, you know, I think this was more like I I don't want to like say thirty three percent, thirty three percent, thirty three percent. I I just feel like Jeff Lurie had his fingers all over this thing, and I think once they had that lovely dinner in in uh, in South Dakota and they cheers, that was that, and they were ready to rock and roll. Do you have any kind of feelings or opinions on the fact that Lurie was so involved in this? Obviously, it's not anything different. The, your owner's going to be involved if you're going to pick, the, try and pick the next franchise quarterback here. But what do you think of uh, of that process so far? Yeah, no, I think. Well, I think it's more uh, on a general scale. I think that we've seen since the Chip era ended and they fired him. I think we've seen a more involved Jeffrey Lurie. He's had his hands in this more. He had his hands in the coaching search. It seems like he's had his hands in in free agency. He's been going on these quarterback trips with these guys and and all this stuff and. Yeah, I, I think that that's insanely worrying to me. What the hell does Jeffrey Lurie know about football? I mean, on that level, seriously, nothing. I mean, I, I, he should have zero say. I mean, I know it's his team and whatnot, but he should should have the confidence and the 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 self control, whatever it is, to turn the job over to the people who really know what the hell they're doing. Even though we, you know, it, it doesn't look like the people who are in charge right now are those guys. But regardless, that's the idea that as an owner, you turn it over and let professionals do what they do. It is not what you do. So yeah, I think it's, I absolutely think Lori was involved. He went on those trips. I think he had a say. And I also, I think that Peterson was, was heavily involved. All you have to do is listen to the way the guy gushes over, over Wentz and, and, you know, I don't. I, I yeah. I, I think it's it's a the whole process, the whole way that everything is being done within this front office. It, it seems, you know, it it seems uh, like a mid, flawed, weird. It's flawed. a fraud. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like there's there's. I I don't know. I just don't. It's just reactionary to me. Like again, it's just reactionary. And this is and James, we love you, and uh, we will we will see you definitely on the next pod whenever that may be. Whenever the breaking news comes around, we thank you for joining us, Radio and BGN Radio, pal. Uh, my pleasure, man. I, I just uh, I wish we had gotten to the bottom of of whether you are vanilla or chocolate, and whether I, you know, who's vanilla. <laughs> well, we're real quick, I, I vanilla or chocolate. Like, I feel like I, well. I like vanilla ice cream better, but I feel like I am chocolate ice cream. So it's a real, a there real personal is. issue for me here. Sausage or pepperoni? 
pepperoni. Yeah, okay. I'm a, I'm a sausage guy. So, that's, so there you know, we go. There we go. Uh, that, I wish we could uh, get a sound drop of that. I'm a sausage guy. <laughs> the keeper. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll drop that in on every every time I make a dumb <laughs> statement, which is every episode. We'll just drop that in. James uh, Zelter, enjoy the fanatic and, uh, and uh, kiss it uh, hello for us. I'll let uh, the right, BJ and Radio crew. Uh, all right, so this is uh, well, f- while we have just a, a moment of break here, and James is signing off. I just wanted to uh, say a, a big thank you to all our sponsors that have joined up with us. Uh, first, of course, being Clip It, guys. I'm telling you, it is the hottest app that is available. It is live television in the palm of your hand. You can scroll through to find the best clips. If you just if you see now, future quarterback Carson Wentz making an amazing play on Sundays. They got it right there for you. It's a 30-second live HD clip that you can clip through right on the palm of your hand. You can go up to what's live on television right now all the way to two hours back. It is a fantastic app. I recommend you go getting that immediately. Also, our brand-new sponsor, FightingForPhilly.com. That's F-I-G-H-T-I-N-F-O-R, Philly.com. It is an amazing apparel store full of nothing but Philly stuff. You, you, we, we love Philadelphia. We try and love it, so why not wear it? Uh, they have hats. They've got T-shirts, hoodies. They've got this awesome old-school NHL 94 Lindros shirt that I just purchased with, like, you know, the star cutout and the 8-bit graphics and all that stuff. It's amazing. Go check them out because uh, you can get 20% off by simply just using the code BGNR20. And it's just that simple. You get 20% off of what's going on. So let's jump back into this just for a second. We'll, we'll stay on for a few more minutes because I want to get this out. I, I, I there, there could be, and look, there are a lot of people in the chat room saying the same thing too. It's just saying that, yes, they could be. Carson Wentz could be great. And a lot of people thought Bradford wasn't going to have success here. And there's, and there's obviously, I don't think he changed a ton of minds, but maybe he gained a few more fans here. I'm never going to root against Carson Wentz. I'm not rooting against him. And when I look at him, and I think we do this a lot of the times, I look at him as an entity over a person. I have nothing against Carson Wentz at all. I hope he succeeds. He's in an Eagles uniform. I'm an Eagles fan. I hope that happens. I think it would be completely crazy of any of us to go, well, this guy's got to suck and I'm not going to root for the football team. You know, that's just, that's insane to me. Uh, But I I, I just, this is, this is brand new and it's fresh and we're ripping off the Band-Aid and it is not... In my mind, at least for me, at least it wasn't Fletcher Cox. <laughs> you know, so at least there's that. At least it was just picks and and not the best player that's on the football team. Because we could be having a, a whole different discussion if that was in the mix. So that's something to be positive and looking for about here. Uh, but it, just in regards of talent, I, I, I don't see it. And somebody's going to have to convince me of that. That's where I'm at tonight. That's where I'm at this afternoon or wherever you're listening to this. I don't know how good this kid is because, I, you know, when uh, just to reemphasize again, looking at this QB class, I look at him and I, I liked him as, hey, that, that could be a good third-round prospect that you could develop with this coaching staff. Or, or it's somebody Chip Kelly would like. That was my mindset in October. And then it kind of traveled on and on. You know, Connor Cook was one of those guys like, yeah, okay, who, who was supposed to be? the number one QB in this class and now who knows you know who knows who knows what's going to happen here um I'm just I I don't think you leave guys like Tunsil on the board I don't think you leave guys like Ramsey on the board I don't think you leave guys like Zeke on the board when you have an opportunity and even though it won't be an overall game change because we all know that quarterbacks change the game but you have to understand that a lot of these conversations that we have are very paint by numbers, right? People are going to log in and go, 
well, 50%, you know, all QBs are coming in the first round and therefore you have to draft one there, which is probably statistically, yes, true, but you have to understand the talent that is in those classes. You know, even though they went there, they a lot of them still failed terribly. Even though, and we've had a good crop of QBs kind of roll through here and haven't quite, haven't quite been failures, I guess. And some have succeeded, and some have had some eye popping numbers and some great rookie years here. You know, you could you could say that, yeah, the, the uh, you know, there are a lot of people think that Blake Bortles was the was the wrong pick, and that's what a lot of people are doing with Carson Wentz. But we really don't know what Blake Bortles is yet either. Is he better than Chad Henney? Absolutely. Um, were they there? Yes. Did they have to trade up for him? No. And and that's that's the biggest issue is the fact that they bet the house that Carson Wentz is going to be their next quarterback here. That's my problem with it. Not Carson Wentz. Not the fact that they yes that they uh, a quarterback changes the game. Not anything else. It's the fact of what they paid for the talent that they're getting in return. And that might take a few years to kind of come back here and do. And that might be a longer process that I'm willing them, for them to give. But this, again, I want to reiterate, this is what, and this is not different than the regime that just left. It is not. This is no different than what Chip Kelly was doing. And, and that might be unpopular and people are going to think I'm an asshole or whatever, but this isn't any different than what they're doing here. It is simply three different guys that like their guy and they're going to do the way they, the, the, the things they think they should do. So that that's where we're at right now. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I don't know if there's anything else that's that I can you know picture from that because that's basically what it is. You're just basically betting that Doug, Jeff, and Howie are better talent evaluators and they know what they're doing besides than what was what was here before, but Howie was also here before. So that's my concern. And uh, I thought I would have, you know, I thought we'd have like an extra seven days or eight days when we're there chanting with uh, everybody at Nick's Roast Beef, which is happening next Thursday. Uh, when you're listening to this on April 28th, so we get an extra plug for them. And it's going to be, a, we're still going to have $3 Miller Lights. We're, you're going to be able to see, well, depending on what happens, you're going to be able to see Carson Wentz live and in person when, he, when they play the Browns. And how much of a, I just popped into my head and realized that how much of a storyline is that going to be that the Browns are going to show up on opening day with the plethora of players that they got and there's Carson Wentz sitting on the bench <laughs> right Carson Wentz is going to be sitting on the bench as the Browns and their pigs roll up and I wouldn't put it past Hugh Jackson to take all the guys that they drafted just like Jeff Fisher and line them up because we made fun of the Rams forever for doing that. Or, excuse me, the Was Washington. We made fun of Washington for doing that forever. And do you think that at this time right now, put yourself back in 2012 or whenever that was. Does Carson Wentz have the same type of hype, the same type of talent that RG3 did at that time? The same type of hype that Andrew Luck did? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, think it, I think we're way off from that. And if it was if it was just done last year, this none of this would have mattered. Everybody would have been happy. Even if Kelly would have been got fired, Mariota would have still been here. So here we are. We're gonna be we're gonna be hoping. Every one of us is gonna be praying 
that this that they made the right call. But my my overall point is nothing really changed from last year. It is just different guys wanting their guys, and that's it. That's all Kelly was. It's all Howie is. That's all Jeff is. That's all Doug is. It's how every NFL coach, it's how every NFL GM wants things. They want their own players. They want to put their stamp on whatever it is. And I was fine with it. And, and again, this is just to kind of close this thing out here because we'll have more reactions as we get more information on what's all going down. And plus, you know, we want to try and get <laughs> – I mean, it, the, the Friday nights, Thursday night might be ruined as far as, like, surprises, but who knows, maybe they got one or two tucked away, uh, you know, for day two and day three. But again, this is this is no. It is no different here. Let's give Carson Wentz time to figure out if he can play in the NFL. I will allow him that, especially if he's on the bench. But I, I'm just I'm surprised more or less that they went this direction with the off season that they had, and especially to all the things where even you heard rumors from Benjamin Albright that we're saying, hey, you know, that's not going to be a quarterback. Well, it definitely is. And that was their plan from what seems like all along because they were trying to get to one. And if they can't get to one, well, let's get to two. Who are the Rams taking? They're going to take Goff. Okay, great. We want Carson Wentz. Give us two. So now that's that's where we're at. So let's let this kid, after, I've, after I'm spewing all this stuff, let's let this kid develop. Let's see if the PR work on, on Doug and Filippo and Reich are all about these QB gurus, which I know Dave Mangles hates, <laughs> which is why I continue to use it. But uh, if they can, if, if the goods that are being sold, uh, as far as their coaching ability happens, then let's see it, let's see it happen. And that's my final thoughts as I'm going to leave you here, guys. I appreciate everybody listening live on the Mixler.com app. I want to thank James Zeltzer for joining me as well and everybody listening uh, out there as, uh, hey, you know, I'm going to say it again. If you're listening to this actually right now, it's Wednesday at 3.34 p.m. Eastern. Uh, on Thursday at 2 p.m., the draft T-shirts will be gone. So make sure to check out ATLS Apparel. Uh, there should be a link on the replay here, and I am very so happy to basically meet everybody that we've been tweeting back and forth with forever. And all the people that are coming from L.A. and Seattle, Virginia, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, all these people that are joining together just to hang out with us, phillyinfluencer.com, Sean Brace, the whole BGN radio crew. I'm honored, guys. It's going to be the first time that we've done this, and we're hoping uh, that we can kind of, you know, keep doing this stuff. So Nick's Roast Beef, uh, next Thursday, we will celebrate. We will try and celebrate the newest addition, Carson Wentz, to the Philadelphia Eagles. And you keep it like right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. BGN Radio, make sure to find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're out there. Helps us grow the podcast. We'll see you next week, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.